Welcome to Yes the Stripper Podcast, a podcast for all sex workers. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the clubs and all the amazing things us sex workers do. I'm so inspired and in awe with each and every one of you, and I'm always excited for what's going to be shared next. I'm your stripper queen from the North, Onyx, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Oh, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. I am your podcast host, Queen from the North, Sachi Onyx Keller. That's right. I am here with the lovely, talented, oh, brilliant mind, Miss <laughs> Nikki Nindors. Say hello to everyone, Nikki. Hello, I am Nikki. That's all I got. <laughs> Me, an intellectual. <laughs> um, before we get to it, do you want to tell us what your pronouns are? She, her. Excellent, excellent. Just yeah. living the vanilla life. <laughs> yeah, she, her, that person, you, whatever. <laughs> well, we yeah. were just talking about um, the last time we saw each other was at the Granville Strip. Just before I was, just before the whole oh COVID outbreak. Yeah, March 2nd. March ago. 7th, yeah. 2020. Ah, you know the date. Ah! Oh, I know the date. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it was like pretty much the last day Granville was open, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's pretty much. So I was, for those of you who don't know, I was going on vacation. I just went out there and shit hit the fan and I wasn't supposed to go to Whistler. So I got stuck in Vancouver and I was like, let's hang out. Nikki was working. I stopped by the Granville, blew all my vacation money over there because the talent was just <laughs> unreal. So it was totally we, worth we it. We appreciated it. Oh, good, good. <laughs> but um, so, but now it's been two years past. So how does it feel to be working again? I'm not working because I'm injured. Yes, we've yeah. heard. Do you want to yeah. talk a bit about that? <laughs> oh my God, I I guess so. It's the it's. I feel like it's going to be like a topic. So, yeah. <laughs> um, during the pandemic, as we all know, there was like underground pandemic parties, and uh, you know, it's actually how a lot of sex workers survived. Because, what are you supposed to do? Um, I was pretty diligent with my training during the pandemic. I had a pole at home. Um, I was really into like my flexibility and stuff and just doing, just working as hard as I could because I, being one of those people who likes to do the most, I wanted to come back stronger mm -hmm. than the last day that I'd left. Um, so I was working this underground party and it was freezing. It was just absolutely super cold. And I went to do a developé on my not normal side to do it. I, I went to do it on my right side because I was like, let's be balanced. <laughs> and 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 right at the very point of that developé, I felt like a sharp ping deep in my hip. And it was like, it, it hurt. And then I was like, oh, that, I just tore something Ooh. for sure. And it was the, it was the first time I'd ever torn something. And like, I've, I've stripped for nine years. I've done burlesque for almost 13 years. I've been in movement you know, like more and more since the time I was like 16 and I'm, I'm 34 now. So it's been like half my life mm -hmm. and, uh, it, it hurt for a long time. I had to, um, this was in February. So I had to put off, had to take a couple of weeks off of teaching and a progressive that I was teaching 
I did a lot of rehab. I thought I had torn my hip flexor because that's the area that's always been tight. I always mm. assumed I would tear my hip flexor eventually. Um, and then and then slowly I started recovering and I started being able to do more flexibility stuff about four months after I injured myself. And I was like, mm, that's that's pretty intense. That's a long time. And like, um, I'm also like a certified Pilates teacher and I'm like big into the, the prehab and rehab of movement. So, and I saw like my sports Cairo and a physio and yeah, after that, it was about a month later, even though I, I didn't feel completely stable and things weren't like quite right in my, in that groin hip area, uh, the clubs opened again. And obviously I'm like, yes, I need to go back to work. Like I've lost so much money. I've gone through a divorce. I've gone like, yeah. like shit hit the fan in so many ways for so many people <laughs> during COVID, you know, yeah. I'm just like, yeah. oh, cool. Um, yes, please get me back on stage. I, I need this. And um, I'm always really good about doing my training and my warmups, but it just, it just wasn't cutting it. And I was working probably harder than I'd ever worked before just because we had so many people in the club. We had such good audiences and I wanted to be the best that I could be. Mm -hmm. And I started noticing that like there was just other pains happening in my leg and things just weren't feeling right. And I started thinking, you know what, like I, I need to not work all these days in a row in a week. Maybe I can do like two days a week. I'm, I'm very lucky the club that I work at, um, you can work part-time and be on stage. And that's like pretty much unheard of in Canada mm -hmm. yep. as far as like getting like a stage show price goes. Like if you, if you're a stage girl, you're working like five, six days a week, maybe seven days a week. That's mm -hmm. it, you know? Um, so I figured, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start working two days a week soon. I want to get a little more money in the bank because like I, I need to feel that financial stability again. Um, and it was a couple more weeks where I was like, ah, yeah, working four days a week in a row, no rest days because I was also teaching Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. So it was just like nonstop. Like I think I actually had Wednesdays off and then I would go hiking. So yeah, like as I just don't fucking stop. <laughs> like, why? Um, and then one of the girls got COVID at work and it was the week that I had cut down and I was like, you know what? I can cover the shifts. And, and I did. And then I couldn't walk. Ah. And it was like debilitating pain. Mm -hmm. And and then I took like a couple days off and I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe this is okay. Maybe I just seized something and I went back to work and then I was on stage and just, I went to do an internal rotation in my leg, like just bring my leg towards the other one and just felt searing pain all the way down my entire leg, through my tendon, across my knee, down oh. into my ankle. And I looked over at Jamie, the DJ, and I was like, yo, man, I think I've completely fucked myself up. I don't think I can dance. And it was during my show. And I went upstairs and like, was like, holy shit, like just, just in shock. And then I took three weeks off. I was like, okay, let's see, let's see what this is. And uh, I decided to go back as like a tester on September 9th and work two shows, just take like the late 
the late spot. And then I think I was going to work the Thursday and the Saturday. And I did the two shows on the Thursday and I was like, maybe I can do this. And then by the first show on my Saturday, I was like, if I keep dancing, I'm going to end my entire movement career. Mm. I have to stop. So that was September 9th. And now here we are. And so <sighs> I'm not working. Wow. And it's, been, it's been fucking hard. I can tell yeah, you Yeah, I bet. Devastating yeah. decisions to like, I just saw your last post of like the little yeah. animal. I'm like, yep, that's dancer life for you. Cause I mean, you were there for me when I thought I wasn't going to be able to walk as well and cried in the bathroom by myself for hours. You were there. So you, I, you, I know exactly <laughs> how you feel. I've had, <laughs> had a lot of cry in the bathroom oh. by myself. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, yeah. babe. it's like your whole, as a dancer, your, your body and your body and your sense of self are so mm-hmm. intertwined. And then when you're cut off from your, your means of expression, and yeah. it's like expression, work, <sighs> everything, your sense of self unravels. Yeah. So I'm just like, shit. <laughs> I'm like, and it's, it, it's also so odd because I'm in such like a, otherwise I'm in such like a good position in my life. I have an amazing partner, like just so incredibly supportive. Yeah. It's so um, yeah. Like I'm, I feel so lucky. I'm like, wow. I like really hit the jackpot here. Like fucking finally, but like, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, some of my stories. Um, yes, I do. <laughs> um, and, and there's all that. And I have these other modes of creativity. Like I'm, I'm still, I'm still loving photography so much. And yet it doesn't, it doesn't dampen the grief that I have for the loss of my dancer self. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've gone to <laughs> specialists and what have they said? Yeah. What's the plan? Right. So I have a labral tear in my hip socket. So that's the, the cartilage that basically seals your femur into your hip and allows for range of motion and stability and everything. I tore that shit. Um, <laughs> it's super, it's super, super common in dancers, especially in like ballet dancers and especially in the position that I did, which is a developé. Yeah, you know, like that's just the the repetitive wear and tear um and not only that but like we don't necessarily have femurs that fit into our hip sockets completely smoothly and completely perfectly like apparently i only have like a very very tiny impingement but when you have impingement it can mean that like your femur doesn't quite fit in there perfectly and it can cause extra friction and that extra friction over time can wear away at your cartilage and make you prone to cartilage damage and labral tears so you know if if you're the type of person who's been like working on your splits forever or working on like especially like your middle splits or your straddle splits and you feel like you're just blocked and you can't at at this point i would sort of recommend like maybe work on something else because that could be for real like like just an actual like structural thing going on in your body and Mm. you know pushing into it more and more 
could be stressing out part of your body that doesn't isn't built for that you know right like, makes sense yep. people who have like the crazy flat splits a lot of the times they have more shallow hip sockets and it enables them to do that that being said they are also because of their shallow hip sockets prone to cartilage damage mm. so it's it's really just the repetitive nature of what we're doing as dancers that puts it's wear and tear mm -hmm. you know and yeah and hips don't get a lot of blood circulation in that area so they can't repair themselves so i'm going to need surgery and um i went and saw one specialist who referred me to another specialist and he has like a sub specialty in athletes mm -hmm. um, so i do feel like i'm in the right hands um we've had one meeting so far and he injected um, a numbing agent into my hip just so we could rule out exactly where the pain's coming from and if it is the labral tear and we confirmed 100% that the labral tear is causing all the pain down my leg <laughs> all the dysfunction so that was like I mean I knew but it was good to have like the doctor's confirmation like yes you are correct in what you are feeling in your body and i'm just like could have told you but you know it's fine it's <laughs> fine we gotta wait for the medical system to believe us sometimes um <laughs> and uh i'm not sure when that surgery date is going to be i'm waiting on a call because he has to get access to my mris that i went through another person to get mm. and then and then we're gonna go from there. And I'm just hoping that it can be as soon as possible because the recovery process from the surgery is six months. Okay. So oh. I'm like, and I just, I just need dates. I'm like, give me a date so I can like put that structure in my mind so I can like have like markers, you know? Cause it, yeah. gives, it gives you a sense of anchoring into your yeah. future, into hope. Um, and without those markers, like sometimes you just cry in your bathroom. Good though. It feels good. <laughs> yeah. It's the, it's really the not knowing that's the hardest part. Yeah. Oh, geez. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, but I'm glad there's going to be a solution and yeah. six months on a line. Boom. Yeah. yeah. And, and that is the goal is to get me back to dancing. So mm -hmm. that's like, if ballet dancers can go through this surgery and do it, if ballet dancers can get whole new hips and go back to movement and training, I can do it too. Yeah, you can. That's awesome. <laughs> Not phasing out yet. <laughs> no, bro, oh my God, I remember that. What was that, 2018? Yeah, we, we started saying that in Winnipeg, 2017 maybe. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Hashtag phasing out. This used to be our thing that we would say when anytime <laughs> felt any pain or there's no money or like, this is it, phasing out, phasing out. Or you're dealing <laughs> with agencies and they're like, you can't be like that. We're like, Hashtag phasing out. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Point, you just start feeling too old for this shit, but like on multiple planes. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Doing uh, lap dances for like 18 or 19 year olds and you're like, hmm, too old for this? This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> Having someone be like, you know, talking to you and telling you what to do and they're in a management position. The mansplaining. Oh. The, oh my God, like everything and you're like, mm -hmm. I'm older than you and you're telling me how to do my job and you don't even do my job and you never have and you never will too yeah. old for this shit thanks so, for the advice Chats. yeah <laughs> i think i think what's hard is like when you do the phasing out you want it to be on your own terms mm -hmm. you want to be mm -hmm. able to choose it and that's and that's hard i think like so many dancers for various reasons don't get to choose their exit mm -hmm. and that's like how do you reframe it in your mind so that it is a choice yeah i like that yeah. <laughs> I don't um, have the answer yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't feel like we have to have the answer. It's like yeah. it just you know what I mean? For those, yeah, those totally. things, I don't think we need the answer for that. Um tell us about the cellar door. This innovative platform blossomed out of nowhere and it became like a huge CBC article and a big hit for the underground. Is that what you were calling it? The underground COVID stuff? Yeah, it wasn't um so cellar door is produced by uh, Summer. So she's Jennifer Summer Ashley on Instagram. And she is like, one of my absolute closest friends. She like took me in when I destroyed my place in a flood. We like, we're, we're tight. And she started it because just a, a number of reasons. One, because COVID took away our ability to mm -hmm. dance. And then two, because what if you could just do whatever you wanted as a stripper and do your show and then hang out and eat snacks and go home. That's amazing. Do, yeah, like not have to do any yeah. of the other shit and it'd be run by the strippers, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and I don't, I feel like it's on a break right now because she's now working at the club, like pretty full time, like mm -hmm. also making up for, for lost ground and like, you know, paying her mortgage again without being like, holy shit, how do I pay my mortgage? Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's, yeah, I'm really grateful for her and that project because it gave us a platform to just connect with our dancer selves again on our own terms and to have some income as well. It's like, wasn't like huge money, but, you know, like having like one to 200, maybe a few more dollars once a month for whatever you wanted to do for like a one show, mm -hmm. pretty chill. That's like like one performance and you're like, cool, that's nice. That's like a nice show price. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and it was just a nice, it was just a nice time. So, um, and I, I really, I really admire Jen. We've had like plans to do future things together and I'm sure I'm sure we'll see more out of her, out of her genius mind. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I just look forward to whatever she has to to offer in the future because she's she's just dope. She's also a yeah. lawyer. Yeah, she's yeah. a lawyer to say. She's a lawyer. She's a That's defense lawyer. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. She's definitely a person you guys should talk to. She's like, she's just super dope. She's one of the absolute smartest people I know. Awesome. Um, yeah, and she's just a really, really cool person. 
very elusive too. It's hard yeah. to follow. But I, I have I have met her a few times, and I and I stalk her. We both stalk each other on Instagram. So yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, let's backtrack here for a minute because we've okay. known each for a long time. We go a way back, like way back. Um, like you're already predominantly established in a lot of amazing things, but we want to know what makes up Nikki Nine Doors, Nikki Nine Doors, and how did you become who you are today? Ooh, Ooh yeah, that's a meaty question, and it's so interesting because um, because my sense of self currently is like in such the it's kind of like ambiguous to me even because of this, like, cool. like who is Nikki nine doors without this like good chunk of dance expression. Um, yeah. I mean, like in terms of what makes me, me today, fuck, I don't even really, I don't even really know if I, I can answer that. Um, how did I start doing this? I'd been doing burlesque for four years before I started doing exotic dance. And I was also teaching music at the time. And I, I love teaching. I love teaching music. Like I loved, I was teaching kids. I love teaching kids how to learn, like learning how to learn is super cool. And, mm -hmm. and music is just such a, I don't know, it's the best. <laughs> so, um, but I was doing burlesque and I was just feeling like I love being on stage. And then I was also waitressing and bartending and I wasn't loving that a whole <laughs> lot. Cause just like so much misogyny that you can't tell to go fuck itself, you know, like, you're like, Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, I don't know how, I don't know how I thought of, of stripping. I know that when I, I was 15, someone asked me if I'd ever be a stripper and she, I guess she was just trying to see like, Ooh, what would you do? Or like, what are you like? And I was like, well, I don't see why not, because I'm always like a why not kind of person. And then when I was 26, I decided, why not? And just decided to try it. Yeah. And it was pretty hilarious. Like stripping's hilarious. Like, but it was also very um, it was just also very freeing. It changed my perspective of myself. And it was very it was very like powerful for me. And then also I was getting paid mm. to do what I already wanted to do, which was burlesque. Like there's really not, there's really not a lot of difference between the two. Like you can, I mean, like granted, I did a lot of really weird stripping when I was a baby stripper, but you know, <laughs> like eventually I found the fusion that works. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I can't I can't see that so but okay <laughs> I dance to a lot of Bjork and like to be honest I feel like when I come back I am gonna bring some Bjork back because I now feel like I can do her music justice <laughs> and I can like like Hidden Place like you ever listen to Hidden Place like that song oh, yeah. is Let's made it's you're you're gonna love it. It's made for spin pull. It okay. is so made for like low flow and then ethereal spin pull. Okay. So it's like now that now that like I am the dancer that I am, mm -hmm. I can I can fully be who I wanted to be ten years ago. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty cool. 
I don't know if it answers the question, but that's I've always thought your music collection was good. So, cause I mean, that's one of the things <laughs> I admired about you. You've got like, you're very strong yet very elegant and fluid on stage. And like, yeah, that ethereal thing for you is totally, it's all you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love that. You. I love it. You're such a beautiful dancer. Um, yeah. As I was just saying too, like your body awareness is amazing. And, um, how did you grow into that kind of finesse? Like, so that was just coming from practice all the time, or do you have a dance background? I have a music background. Um, I started doing belly dance at 16, but you know, other than that, like I did some like children's dance classes when I was a kid that I feel like a lot of people go to, but um, my background much like you is, it was started in music. And that's, mm-hmm. that's like the thing that also drew me to you as a performer is like the first time I saw you, you know, like you were definitely in party mode and then you stepped <laughs> on stage and I was like, whoa, not party mode. This is like musicality <laughs> through the roof. Like, is she, what did, what just happened? Like, this is a different it's like person, a light switch. You know? <laughs> yeah, it really was. Um, and it was your musicality. It was your musicality yeah. that got me. And I feel like when I saw you, I felt like a sense of a sense of community in you, like just not just like, oh yes, this is another entertainer. This is another performer. And I was like, this is someone else who feels music in her mm-hmm. body the way I do. Yeah. You know, yeah. even if we have like slightly different ways of yeah. expressing it and everything, it's like, it's very, it's a very shared language between us. Yeah. I feel like that's why we've been, we've been friends for so long. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's so true. So, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I, yeah, I just was all ultimately connected with you as soon as we met. So I loved yeah. it. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about your stripper with the camera. So this is like your hobby right. slash business. Um, huge hit. You take classy shots of strippers in their natural habitat. So at work or at the studio or at mostly at the strip clubs though. Um, yeah. but the only people that don't seem to like it is Instagram algorithms. Cause your account has been shadow banned, taken down so many times that I feel like <laughs> I, everyone that has been following you gave, like, we all cried for you when you lost your stripper with the camera account, but you did get it back. Both times. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. How did you decide to pick up the camera? Um yeah, I don't know. I think I've always been drawn to visual arts and not really known it. Like my my mom is an artist, she's a painter, so that's kind of always been in the background. But Mm. I started my my ex and I, we got a camera because we were so tired of seeing shitty performance photos and shitty photos of burlesque performers in the scene and just like ah like there needs to be more than like a couple options like there is some good photographers but there is also just so many bad and Mm. and it gets to a point where you're like okay you know what i can't actually like criticize this unless i'm willing to show that like i can actually do it better um (laughs) 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 yeah We got a camera and we started taking photos and primarily he did the photos and I did like the scene setting and like said, this is what I want it to look like. I'm going to place the shawls. I'm going to place the plants. I'm going to like have the decorations that create the composition. Mm. Um, And then kind of as our relationship was starting to disconnect, um, I picked up the camera and 
I started doing, I was like, you know what, I'm going to offer, like, I'm going to offer some, hang on, where's my bird? Oh, my bird's fine. I thought he was getting up to no good. Um, <laughs> 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 I was like, I'm going to offer some, like, some chill, natural light photography sessions uh, during the time when I was recovering from surgery for my tits. And I was like, cool, it's a way to like get some money and I can like have something to do and whatever. And I was like, ah, I like this. Also during that time, the Granville Strip asked me to help them with their social media. And so I brought my camera in and I started taking some photos. And I was like, oh, I really, really like this. And it's just, you get this kind of rush because you're you're operating between the flashing stage lights and also low low light levels. So it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge to work with. There's a lot of things to focus on for the camera. Um, I have an older camera. It's a it's a flagship. It's a good camera, but it's it's older. There's been lots mm. of improvements since it came out. So I've got a little bit of that going on. Um, but I have a really nice lens that is a hundred percent paid for by Alberta stripper loonies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, I just found that I really loved it. And then I was posting photos and it just felt the sense of completion in terms of being able to showcase my community and people that I consider family and to be able to have a voice on our behalf or to be able to amplify their voice and tell, like help people. Yeah. Just. I don't know, show the world what it is that we're actually doing because the world has a lot of ideas of what we do and most of them are wrong. Mm. So, and there's so many people who like take photos of strippers and sex workers and, you know, they'll be just like, oh, so hot. This person is such a babe. It's like, yeah, we fucking know. <laughs> it's their job. It's their job. Like, yeah, we know they're hot. We know they're a babe. Like, what else can you tell us? Yeah. about this human being like what I don't know and it's not that I don't sometimes be like whoa this is this person's very hot but like I don't know it's not coming from like the lowest common denominator sort of perspective where it's just the objectification mm -hmm. um, and I chose the name stripper with a camera because it's a play on guy with a camera or dude with a camera and we all know those guys mm -hmm. like hey can I can I take photos of you it's like no you certainly cannot so. <laughs> <laughs> why so you can like post a photo of me in between movements but you know it's like my my ass is visible so you think it's a good photo like that's that does not make it art that does not display what it is we're doing you're not doing yeah. justice to the magic that strippers create during their performances like moving fast or slow it's not just like it's not just about the ass <laughs> or the mm -hmm. tits it's like there's a lot more and you should you should be able to feel more out of it like as a from a like if you're looking at the photo yeah but, so yeah that was like that was 20 <clears throat> that was 2018 early 2018 and i just yeah it's been almost almost four years of awesome. that project and I just it's very dear to me and it makes me feel makes me feel good to do it and and I it also keeps me very connected to the community and it's 
enabled me to meet more dancers than I would if I was on the circuit or if I was mm -hmm. just in the one club. Um, and I, I like that. I like being connected to dancers. It makes me feel at home. Mm, I like that. It's beautiful. <clears throat> so you must have like a huge portfolio now, four years worth. Oh my God. Yeah, I have a couple, I have a couple hard drives. One of them is because I forgot a hard drive at home when I was in Winnipeg and had to buy a new one, but that means I need to consolidate things. And I've been <laughs> avoiding that task, to be honest. Um, but yeah, at some point, I'm gonna look through my Dropbox of all the images that I've shared with the dancers, and I'm going to start picking my favorites so I can put it into some level of portfolio and uh, see about publishing like a coffee table book um, maybe yeah and wow. maybe once I get over my uh dancer depression I'll sit down and start doing <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you're allowed we yeah. all know it we all allowed it. yeah yeah so oh, I'll uh I'll look into that um oh. it's it's been on my mind I think like in the summertime I gave myself a two-year time window to really start looking at that as a project of getting something into a book and published and you know it's so uh, that this injury is like the reason I'm going to have the time to do it why stripper Jesus but anyways um, <laughs> <laughs> um but I will have the time to sit down and look at that and, and I'll also have like I'll also have a lot of spare time where my partner's not around this year because he's going to be touring the world with his band like nope. six months of the year. I know, right? I, ah! I do get to, I do get to fly to some places to see him <laughs> and to watch them perform, and uh, I'm pretty stoked about that. So, That's awesome. yeah. Oh yay! Yeah. Um, I just wanted to go back because you were talking about like how you use the play of words of dude with the camera and guy the camera. Yeah. I personally have had bad experience with male photographers, hence why I only use females now. How do you mm -hmm. find dancers respond to your artwork and your professionalism? I have just had overwhelmingly positive mm -hmm. response. Um, I feel, I really feel like my camera has been a bridge to connect in such a lovely way with so many dancers. I a lot of my following on Instagram is dancers, both from Canada and a lot from the States actually. And I just feel like it's, I, I've heard that from dancers that it's seeing it in a different light, mm -hmm. you know? I, I feel like the way I, the way I portray dancers, it resonates with us. It's, it's like the way hopefully that, we want to be portrayed the way that we want to be seen, you know, like all the best angles, obviously. Um, but also like, like really with a sense of reverence. Um, and, you know, like once in a while, like, I think like once I had someone ask me if I could take down a photo just because she felt it wasn't like the most flattering and like, cool, done, absolutely, yeah. you know? And it was just like, there was a lot of really great motion in the photo, but she didn't like the way her butt looked. I was like, cool. Yeah, let's get rid of it. It doesn't need to be up. It's not about like my ego 
you know, there's a, there's a lot of male photographers who, if you don't like a photo, they take it so fucking personally. Mm-hmm. Like they really like, they'll get super butthurt about it. And, and they'll be like, well, I'm the artist and I did this photo and it's good work and it's my page. So I'll like, whatever. And you're like, ah, but I'm the, I'm the subject and I helped you make that photo. And if I didn't exist, you wouldn't have anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like it's, it's generally been like a really, just a really positive, positively received project. Um, yeah, I like to hit people in the feels because people hit me in the feels. Like you know, photographing dancers makes me emotional. Like it's, yeah, mm. I see myself in other dancers. I see them in me. I think it's just like so. It's so powerful for me. Yeah, that's cool. Um, any hobby that I've witnessed you, uh, start seems to start and turn into a career and you excel at everything you do, <laughs> literally, <laughs> um, how do you know what you're going to do next and what is next? I talked about like the book, uh, maybe publishing with pictures. What about the retro strip show? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so yeah, because of this injury, I'm in this weird limbo. Like I, I really I know that there are going to be things that are going to happen. I know that I'm going to produce more shows. <laughs> that's going to be a thing. That's cool. But I don't know exactly when because yeah. because that, that recovery process is so long and I need to have that surgery date so I can kind of like get an idea of it. Um, yeah, I don't exactly know what is next in a solid way, which is very aggravating for me to be honest, because I'm used to planning everything out. Like, yeah. and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and this, and this, and this is going to lead to that. And I'm now I'm just like, mm, I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> um, it's uh, It's been, I'm sure there's a lot of lessons that I'm learning right now about patience. <laughs> I love it. Great, good times. Um, but I do know that I am going to produce another retro strip show in the future. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to produce one when the time is right, whether or not I can perform in it as a dancer. So if I, once I get my surgery date and can look at things in a sort of solid way, if there is a time that it lines up that I know I'm not going to be stage ready, that is totally, totally cool with me. Mm-hmm. Um, that show means a lot to me. And I've got more than enough dancers who I would love to feature again or for the first time. Um, and I don't need to be on stage as a performer dancing in order to get the joy and fulfillment out of that show um so for people who don't know i produce a show called retro strip show and it is with an eight-piece band and a bunch of strippers yeah it's just a real good time and we real really good time to, yeah the music tends to be on the more like throwback side but like anywhere from like the 60s to like you know like early 2000s um but I also feel like I feel like in the future it might have a bit of maybe it'll have like a retitle so that it doesn't just isn't just like throwback 
mm. weird because like I don't know like what if we want to dance to some like cool modern shit yeah some of Mike's music like, right like anything right and that's the other thing like kind of similar to jennifer's um show is that what if we just did whatever we wanted and like part of the thing for that show for me is um you know sometimes dancers would be like okay so you want like big costumes right and i'm like i don't fucking care like i want you to dance and have a good time like you can wear whatever you want to wear like if you want to wear a big costume great that's gonna look dope if you want to wear jean shorts by all means i literally just want you to feel good on stage and it's like it really is a uh, a pushback from how our performances are so dictated by people who like frankly don't know shit <laughs> like dare I say but like you know what I mean it's like you can you could have a girl on stage in like a bikini and she could make more money than the girl on stage in a full like eight piece costume mm-hmm. so like why have rules about how many pieces a costume needs to have and body cages don't count as a costume piece like but like why why have that um it doesn't it doesn't make sense. It's people have made rules mm-hmm. and they don't even do our job. They don't, they don't know. And they're like one, they're one man with one opinion and they think that their opinion is the thing that is, <laughs> that is like, yeah, this is the right thing. Willow, hang on, I'm gonna grab that bird again. <laughs> yeah, so I just want people in that show to feel good and I only bring dancers into the show who make the audience feel good. You know, people who have the best vibes. Like, I don't care how much pull a person does. It's good to have a certain level, but like, just to be comfortable on stage. But um, it's it's just really about good vibes. Like, like one time, Jackie Brown, she was like, I just... I just, I wear this lingerie set all the time, but I'm just really feeling it right now. And I'm like, yeah, sounds great. And I'm like, do you want to stand in front of a fan in your lingerie in a robe and we can like throw some rose petals so you're like just blowing in the wind? She's like, oh yeah, I would like to do that. I'm like, cool, great, Mm. let's do that. (laughs) 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 It's just about having a nice time. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to whenever I can produce that again. It'll be, uh, I'm not sure which band I will put together because my my last band had my ex-husband in it and I will first I'll certainly ask him if he would like to do it again um and if he wouldn't then I will ask him if I can pay him for the use of all the music charts and hopefully that's cool and then I will just find another bassist. And I said that, and Mike was like, you know that you know another bassist, right? And I'm like, yeah, I, I do know that. I'm like, but you're very busy. And he's like, yeah, I'm busy. He's like, but like, I could do it. And I was like, okay. So, so either way, we'll, we'll be okay. We'll have, we will Sounds have good. a band to work with. That's yeah. awesome. Amazing. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you hope, I love it. Yeah, totally. Um, I so I have to have you on stage again. It'll be. So oh, fun. okay. I was just yeah. to say, so I am, I'm available too. <laughs> yeah, no, you're all, you're like always in the show. Don't even, don't even play. You're, you're always in the show. Don't worry. That's like, it's a permanent spot. 
So <laughs> down, she said, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can hold me to it for sure. Oh, shit. Um, so I have your personal Facebook and your reads kill me when I come across them. I'm going to read one of your posts to the audience or anyone who's listening because um, they need to understand the whole just of this TED talk, like you like to call them. <clears throat> oh, God, I can't even I can't even remember. What could it possibly be? <laughs> oh, Let's be clear. I don't care what gender or what age you are. I will sit on your lap for money provided you're not an absolute trash fire but like also you shouldn't ejaculate into your carpet gross and please trim your pubes before sexually harassing people online it will make it look like you'll occasionally get laid and you seem less hurting overall aside from being a predator and all that (laughs) i died and i love how you call it like it is take no crap attitude very direct straight to the point this happens a lot like going to the the context of what yes so there is this, there is this man who, uh, yeah, this bird just screams. Um, there is this man who harasses dancers online, and he will message dancers from multiple accounts and just say like really derogatory things towards them. But mm-hmm. it's like, it's it's kind of funny to me because it's just so tryhard. Like, and he'll like send a photo of his dick and but he's just jerked off onto his carpet and it's like, it's not a nice dick. It's not a nice carpet. And I'm just like, <laughs> like, it isn't even like gross. It's just like, I'm sad for you. But then also if you want me to degrade you, that also costs money. Like, so whatever you're looking for, dude, like it's going to cost some money. Like this is, yeah. So it's just, yeah. So, you know, like I could just like block and like not respond, but sometimes I'm bored. just give me a reason just give me a reason (laughs) i'm like sometimes i'm like you know what a man's got to get roasted today (laughs) (laughs) oh i love it oh geez this obviously happens to you a lot get a lot of dick pics and like people just being retarded but at the last um I was just talking about how it just feels like it's so unsafe to like walk around anywhere without feeling like you have to look over your shoulder for someone harassing you. Because um, Vancouver is a walking community. Do you feel, do you find a safe anywhere? Is there a certain time at night you don't want to be wandering the streets? Um, <clears throat> okay, so hang on. There's like a few things in my mind right now. I actually don't. I don't get a lot of dick pics. I don't know. Like that's it's just this one guy who has sent a few. But they're all <laughs> the same shot. I'm just like, oh, is this the day that his dick looks the best? Like, ooh, <laughs> but like, anyways, um, I don't actually get a lot. Like I've gotten a few, but not nearly as many as other people have. And I I don't know if it's because like my audience online in all my accounts is predominantly women and non-binary and like the queer community like men are the minority on my page and i like that that's a nice time um the other thing that i ooh, am i gonna do this wait okay so you use the r word onyx and we don't use that word i know or <laughs> like acknowledge as soon as i said it i was like ah oh, oh, no. yeah, so like, we'll just we'll just acknowledge 
acknowledge it. That's like, we don't, that <laughs> we, don't, we don't condone the use of that word. And sometimes we make mistakes and that's cool. Okay. As far as walking along the streets at night, um, I now live in Gastown and there, there are a lot of um, people struggling with addiction. There are a lot of people who are homeless at night and it can be, it can be dangerous. Um, that being said, anywhere at night as, you know, female presenting can be dangerous because of any number of reasons. Um, I do find I'm more on al on alert. Like last night I was having, I was just having like a bit of a, a tough time with the, with the dancer sadness. And I went for a walk at like, I don't know, one thirty in the morning. And I walked down the street towards a bit of a more dicey area and I was super on high alert. I definitely had my keys in my hands for sure. Um, and then I was walking back like 15 minutes later and, and there was a man and he had a puppy and you know what? I just felt like he had really open energy and I petted his 10 week old yellow lab puppy who was just an absolute noodle. And then the man looked at me and he's like, are you doing all right? And I was like, it just really touched me to be asked by someone. And it's like someone who's like a more, uh, he's definitely in like a more marginalized community. Um, and yeah, so like there, there's definitely danger at night. And then there's also, and there's also not, you just, I don't know. It's never really, nothing's ever really a hundred percent safe and you just gotta walk with your keys in your hands, I guess. And I, I don't walk, um, I wouldn't walk at night with earphones in, that's for sure. Um, yeah. So I've had friends get mugged in this area. I've had friends get mugged in other areas, but um, even even Mike, he got he got mugged in this area uh, years ago, but nonetheless, like, and he's a very tattooed bearded man. So it's not like he's female presenting in any way. Mm. Um, it's just, there's there's a lot of hardship, especially in the downtown east side, and uh, people who are people who are really struggling in a lot of ways. And it's yeah, you just don't really know, you don't really know how to like things are unpredictable. Yeah, I've also been like after like the club clothes, I've been followed by dudes, and uh, that's always special. Um, and just be like, oh, just say something, just say something, just say something to me, come on. And I'll be like, I will fucking end you. And then they're like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> what did you want? Like, <laughs> like you, you wanted me to say something, so I did. Uh, One time, a guy was like admiring my uh, my hair piece, and he was like, oh, he's like, those are really pretty. I really love them. And he just wouldn't stop talking to me, and I'm just like clearly you're giving all the body language you're like i am not available for communication i i did not ask to strike up a conversation with you i don't know why this is happening so i just like took it out and i just like showed him and it's this nice sharp thing and he was like oh he's like wow you could really hurt someone with that and i just looked at him and i was like yes i could and then he stopped talking to me <laughs> great <laughs> so, oh, jeez. Yeah. Well, it's good yeah. that you've got like a strong demeanor. I, I mean, maybe that's also the reason why you don't get a lot of dick pics because people know better. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, do they want to be like put on blast? Do they want to be like, 
Yeah. Some people do. Some people totally do. They want the attention, but a lot of people are like, they don't, they don't expect to get like absolutely roasted by someone. They don't expect someone to be like, cool, you work at this company. What would they think about that? Like Mm -hmm. they're so used to getting away with harassing women that when they don't get away with it, they're like, oh shit. Mm -hmm. I hope there's more and more oh shit moments so that there can be less and less oh shit moments Mm -hmm. in the future. Like, cause we're tired. Like we're Mm -hmm. just tired of it. Like guys, like go away. Like we will, we will call for you when we want you. And like, we'll want you more if you harass us less. Yes. A thought. Yes. I mean, some of you know, some of you just like you're shit out of luck, but whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sucks to I don't know. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, let's talk about boys and men, shall we? Dating okay, has fine. changed so much. So it's scary to get back out there as you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know we all know, um, yeah. especially when we haven't been on the market for years. I mean, now it's online dating. I mean, where do you go and meet yeah. some of these days? Right. And how do you know, if the red flags are there, how do you see them? What's your process like? <laughs> well, once I was at the point where I felt like I was ready to date again, and it was about like a year after my separation with my ex, um, I went out and made a bunch of mistakes. That was super cool. Um, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I found myself really vulnerable to genuine narcissists. Um, And I don't know what it was. Like, it was just because I was really compassionate and empathetic. Um, But I I definitely had an experience with one person who I was like, oh, like that person love bombed me that person like really did all the hallmark things that I, I didn't see right away because it was so quick um, and it felt it felt good. Dopamine always feels good. But anyways, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I had one of those and then I like ooh, shook that off. And then I was doing like Tinder, which I treated as sort of like an exercise in terms of speaking my needs and like it was good. It was like, I didn't end up going on too many dates. I didn't end up, I hooked up with one person off of Tinder and, and then told them I didn't want to do it again. And I was very clear about why and everything. And, uh, it felt good for me, probably not for him, but like, um, I don't know. I was just very, I just use it as a tool to be very direct with people in terms of like, this is what I'm like in a relationship. I have a more avoidant attachment style. If you are really clingy, I am going to push away. I need space, but I do also love intimacy. You know, just being able to like, this is who I am. Like lay out your shit and be like, because does this shit work with your shit? Let's see, you know? Um, And then I was dating a guy for another musician for a, a little bit. And he was real inconsistent with me. Um, there, there was things that were like really good and I, and I really enjoyed. And then there was other things where I felt like a bit of a shadow of that love bombing thing happening again. And uh, I do believe that he was kind of on that more narcissistic personality type. Um, mm. Not like a full, maybe not like a full blown, like, 
ooh, this would be a diagnosis kind of scenario, like, but more like covert. Um, and then he ended up ghosting me, which was really weird. Cause I'm just like, dude, like we know each other in the se same scenes you've played in retro strip show before. Like what is Ugh. this? Um, I know I was like, why do you want to make it weird? Like, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. who comes out looking better in this situation. It's not going to be you dude. Like, Ooh, um, <laughs> that was like weird. And it also like really, it really hurt me because I was trying my best to be open and to, yeah, to build trust um, very deliberately. And I feel like whatever it was, he, he was not ready for it, but he wasn't even ready enough to be a man who could say like, hey, you know what? I can't do this right now, mm -hmm. which I totally would have, totally would have been like cool with. More understanding, I would have yeah. been able to process. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> nonetheless, he was in one of his like, I don't know, bragging about himself things. He was talking about how when he was on tour with the Zolas, they got to go open for Mother Mother and he loves all those people in Mother Mother. Like they're just great. They're just great musicians. They're really good people. They're so awesome and how much he liked them and yada, yada. Mm. And I was like, I was like, oh yeah, you like Mother Mother, hey? Interesting. And um, I was already following the bassist from Mother Mother, Mike. <laughs> well, this is the story. <laughs> Go on. I was like, oh, you you think he's awesome, hey? Interesting. Neat. So I started paying attention to Mike's Instagram stories a little bit more. And Mike, during the pandemic, was doing a lot of um, he was doing a lot of baking, and um, it was just so he'd be posting these vegan baked goods that he had made himself and he like took nice photos of them he had obviously understood things looking good mm -hmm. and um and then also i was like who is this person like this person like didn't give away a lot about himself online but gave enough away for me to know that like he put thought into what he does and he's very good at what he does mm. like he's phenomenal so like a while after i got ghosted um i was sitting on the beach with my friend cat and i was smoking a joint and i was just like scrolling instagram because multitasking and uh one of his stories popped up and like it was some cake that looked like really good and i was just like fuck it so i responded to his story and like just basically just said like it looked really good and we had a brief chat where you know I did the thing where I'm just like oh yeah like I I love baking but I I couldn't be trusted to make something because I would just eat it all myself if I was just like if it was just in my fridge and that like set it up for him to tell me that like he was like oh yeah like I've I've had a hard time during the pandemic because it's been hard to to like give it away because normally I give it away to people and I was like this man is single <laughs> 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 so then 
I was like, well, if you ever need help with <laughs> yeah. I could take some off your hands. And like two days later, he like sent me a photo. He's like, yeah, so I made this thing. And I'm like, so can I have some? Like, And then um, on my way to the, to the dance studio, I went to his place to like pick it up. And he's like, oh, how do you want to do this? Because it's like COVID, right? Um, and I was like, oh, you can, you can bring it down. I'm like, or if you're comfortable, like I could come up and get it. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, you, you can come up. And I was like, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and we just, we just like met for like sort of 20 minutes or so and just, um, chatted a little bit. And I just like got a good look at his space. It was like so clean, so like precisely put together. I was like, a real man lives here. <laughs> I'm like what? This man cleans up after himself and doesn't have piles of paper around or like towels on the floor. What? This is a nice place. Like what? It was also like a five minute drive from my place at the time. Mm. Like convenient. And then I went to the studio. I took the baked goods and me and Jen ate it. I was like, this is good. This is good time. Um, and I'd given him my number. I was like, oh, like I'm like, I don't always check my Instagram DMs. Like, just take my number. Like, we'll do this again sometime. And um, and then he texted me, like, I don't know, a couple days later or something. Like, and the thing I noticed the most <clears throat> was that he was very attentive. Um, and he would reach out to me first. So I never had to message him. He would message me. And it was, like, just genuine and nice. And... I was still kind of burned from like the weird communication that had happened in like my last situation. So I, mm -hmm. I really made sure to not reach out to him. I was like, yo, you know what? If a man wants to see me, he is going to have to show me that he wants mm -hmm. to see me. I'm tired of doing the work for people. Like, like I am here. I'm not going to throw myself at anyone. Like they don't deserve that. Like, um, and then we started just kind of like hanging out and having like tea and cookies and, talking for a long time and we just have like really late nights and just talking the whole time about everything you know talked about um his veganism talked about like he's very strongly atheist um talked about like just different world views that we both have um and also talked about how we were both going through divorces and just different attachment styles and we very methodically talked about everything that you could want to talk about um, right down to the, like what failed in our marriages, which was a very, very good conversation to have. Mm -hmm. And um, it was about a month of hanging out pretty regularly doing stuff like that and just, you know, connecting like that. And, and then I was trying to be like, what the fuck? Like, what is happening here? Like, like we've been hanging out for like a month and like nothing's like, what is happening? That's like, good though. You guys are coming. I know, friends. but it was, I know, but it was also driving me like bananas as you can imagine. Like I was just like, when is he going to kiss me? <laughs> yeah, kind of, but, <clears throat> kind of. And then, but then I was also feeling like the sense of intimacy building in myself. That's so good. That also it was good and terrifying. Yeah. You know, and I was like, ooh, this is this is scary. And there was one night where we were talking and 
he looked at me and he was like, thank you so much for talking to me about this. I really appreciate you. And the way he looked at me was like different, like just fully open, different. We'd had some moments before, like before that time where there was like, ooh, something, what's that? Um, mm. But it was just like full fledged. And I had a nervous system response. I just started like, I just got like immediately like, whoa, like shaky, like, and I I also warned him, like, I have kind of like, I will have a nervous system response if things get like in terms of like intimacy, like it's possible for me to kind of like freak out a little bit because I love intimacy and it also scares me because, you know, so many, you go through so many situations in your life where intimacy has been the thing that's hurt you the most, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I had told him that previously and he'd be like, oh, you don't seem to have a problem with intimacy. And I was like, just wait. And, <laughs> and when he looked at me that time, it clicked and I had a nervous system response. I was like, oh my God, hang on two seconds. I got to grab a glass of water and I got some <laughs> water. And I was like, whoa. And he's like, are you all right? I was like, yeah. I'm like, so that's that nervous system response I was talking about. He's like, yeah. He's like, I, I saw it. And I was like, yes. And then he's like, he's like, I hope this doesn't cross any boundaries. And he kissed me. And then we made out until like, I don't know. We made out until the wee hours of the night. And I ended up walking home at seven in the morning. (laughs) 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 Oh my God. That's such a good story. Yeah. I love it. Uh And we've been, and that was in like, that was like the very end of May. And we've been together ever since. We just moved in together at the beginning of November, but we had been with each other and just at either one of each other's places constantly. And um, yeah, it's just like truly the best partner I've ever had. And I'm like, so it just floors me. We've mm. also been in the same circles. Like we've probably been in the same spaces multiple times over the years because like he used to play at guilt all the time i used to perform at guilt all the time there used he used to come in on the tuesday nights after the burlesque group and be like ah where do i stand there's dancers back here getting changed and they're throwing shade at me i'm like that was probably me sorry um but like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like yeah if any dancer ever looked at you and like rolled her eyes it was 100 percent me sorry um, <laughs> So we've we've crossed circles in a lot of different ways in the scene, and it's been really, and it took a it took two divorces and a pandemic and an Instagram story post, and here we are. <laughs> Beautiful, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Instagram. The one time I'm going to thank Instagram. <laughs> That's it, though. Jeez, I just got Pretty shadow much. banned for some stupid post. Anyways, I Only love. Now? Uh, yeah, like a couple days ago, a couple days ago. And it was from a post from like two years ago. Of course, of course. Like, I'm like, um, whatever. Um, I love that you know you're a goddess and you deserve all the respect in the world. (laughs) How do you generate that self-love for yourself? Where does that confidence come from? And also, I love that you call us all goddesses and unicorns. (laughs) Um, therapy. That's where it comes from. Like, honestly, just, uh, like really the self-confidence 
it's not unshakable for starters, but I have a really good therapist who I'm like totally going to see later today, which I'm super stoked about. Um, but, you know, really like trying to connect, trying to connect with my sense of self, trying to connect with things that feel good to me and trying not to deny myself things that feel good helps me be more confident. Um, and then as with any skill repetition mm. you know like so i feel like a lot of my life i spent a lot of time um repeating things to myself like that's not good enough or you know that could have been better or criticisms that didn't ultimately didn't ultimately help me um and so I started trying to consciously think about, okay, what if I said different things to myself? What if I was repeating different things over and over again? Like the phrase good enough goes so far with me because it's not just like, it doesn't just like release me from perfectionism. Mm. It also tells me in like that subtle undercurrent way, I am good enough at a core level. So Cause there's like going to be lots of things that you're going to do that like it's never going to be perfect mm -hmm. and it's also never going to fucking matter. Like it's really not, you know, like some things, okay. Yeah. Some things have to be perfect, but like it, maybe it, like in art world, maybe nothing does. Right. Probably not. Probably nothing does. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah. So yeah. Oh, well, I'm just going to continue on with that little spiel and we'll see if she gets able, she's able to sign back in again. Um, yeah. So having access to a therapist has been really life-changing for me. Um, you know, I, I have a bunch of trauma in my background and I have you know, complex post-traumatic stress disorder from that trauma. So therapy has been very, um, very necessary for me. And it's just, yeah, being able to, being able to tell myself that I'm good enough and that what I'm doing is good enough has been just very, it's a process. It's a learning process. It's a skill. Um, it's not unshakable. I definitely go through times where I don't feel good enough. I go through times where I don't believe myself when I tell myself I'm good enough, but I have to just be willing to be, I have to be willing to see that inner critic, that voice that comes up and says the negative things and puts you down. I have to see that as a separate part. It's not, it is not me. It is not the truth. Um, and just be able to kind of like put it aside and and say no to that inner critic. Um, there is a there's a book that I definitely recommend. <clears throat> but it's it is for like trauma survivors, but it talks very in depth about the inner critic. Um, and it's called Complex Post Traumatic Stress Disorder: From Surviving to Thriving, and it has some very good step by step instructions and um, yeah, it's really about acknowledging that that inner critic 
as a, uh, if you can acknowledge the inner critic as something separate from you, it's a voice that comes from somewhere. It's a voice that like, that we have adopted through the course of our lives. What we had it as a form of like survival when we were children, things that kept us safe and things that don't necessarily serve us now. So, yeah, I, and yeah, I see, I see us, I see sex workers as goddesses because of that, just that divine sense of connection. Like I've watched, I've watched strippers go from absolute like party girl with one group to comforting someone who's going through like grief in a matter of minutes, mm-hmm. you know, because we have such a capacity for empathy and for being what people need, you know? Um, and that, that can also be a danger because it can kind of establish like codependent tendis- tendencies and being being just dependent on meeting other people's needs one of the most important thing we have to do is meet our own needs because well they're the most important needs we're going to have in our lifetime Mm -hmm. okay so i have just one more question for you because i know we're like taking up a whole bunch of your time here Um, I was reading up on like, again, your Facebook post and you talk a lot about ADHD and PTSD and OCD. And I was researching mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I was like, holy crap, I have ADD mm-hmm. after right? I confirmed that with my mother. And I'm like, okay, well, this makes so much more sense. Right. <laughs> How do you cope with all of this? And like, what are your, um, what are your regimens that you do? Like, um, yeah. What's your schedule like? With my ADHD. Um, I'm not formally diagnosed because there was, I was almost going to get formally diagnosed and then it was phone tag between me and the, whatever the clinic. And then they're like, cool. They're like, email us. And then we will email you this and we will make an appointment. So I emailed them and then nothing happened. And then I was dealing with my injury and I was like, you know what? This is fine. Fuck it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was like, you know, this is beyond my attention span. I just can't chase this anymore. I might do it once I feel a bit more like I have um, my injury stuff under control. But um, mostly for my ADHD, I just try to be mindful of how many things I do in one day. (laughs) I really have a strong maximum of three. Like there's, I can do three things in one day. And it's like, especially when it comes to like leaving the house. Cause mm-hmm. I like, I like being in my space. It's how I feel grounded. Um, I love writing things down. So I have a notebook and I put little boxes that I can check off for my tasks. And I have nice pens that make me feel good about writing mm-hmm. in it. Um, I try to eat really healthy because I find like if I'm eating like a lot of like sugars or something, I, it, it really just messes with my brain um, and I'll get like real scattered. Um, and I like to have sort of rituals. So in the morning I get up, I make hot water. I make myself hot water and lemon as I'm getting my bird salads and my rabbit salad prepared. And I just have this chunk of time that is my morning time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And sometimes caffeine is great for me, but sometimes it's not. So I just have to be mindful. Like I can't do coffee. Coffee's too crazy for me. Um, it's just, yeah, it's way I get too hot much. flashes like immediately. As soon as I take yeah, a sip, totally. I'm like, I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> yeah. <It's bad. laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, like green tea is good for me. Um, even black tea, there's something about black tea that's maybe not so awesome. Um, yeah, but having like the structure in my day, knowing what I'm going to be doing, writing it down, adhering to it, that really, that really helps me. Um, and then also just being mindful of things that I have going on that are ADHD traits. And like, I have hypersensitivity to sound. Mm. So some places can be really overwhelming for me because there's a lot of like, usually public places, there's like a lot of voices going on at one time, like, like in coffee shops or something. If it's a busy, tight space coffee shop, I can get really overwhelmed quite easily. Mm. Um, and I guess it's so interesting that like I work in, in strip clubs, but in strip clubs, I have a focus. I have like, these are my show times. This is what I'm doing. I'm going to go on, on stage. I'm going to go upstairs. I'm going to like hang out for like 20 minutes, cool down, get into an outfit, go downstairs, work the floor or not. I don't know. depends on the night. Um, but there's structure and structure really helps me and helps me deal with that. Um, and you know, as far as like all the other stuff going on, therapy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, awesome. It's time for some rapid fire Q&A. Let's begin the four for one. Zombie apocalypse is coming. What three people you want on your team? Uh, you, obviously. You take some major <laughs> ass. Um, also, I also totally want Lynx because Lynx would kick. Right? Yeah, totally. And then Mike also, because, like, love him. He's great. (laughs) What is your most used emoji? Ooh. Hmm. I don't really know. Is it the white heart? Maybe it's the white heart. What's the white heart symbolize? I don't know. (laughs) I just don't feel like using a red heart and the black heart's, like, the black heart's too, like, emo, but the white heart's, like, soft emotion. I don't know. <laughs> What's that the or, worst? like, the turkeys if I'm, like, texting Jen. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst job you've ever had? Uh, I worked as – I worked at a golf driving range, and that sucked. <laughs> yeah. It and sucked. last one, what is one article of clothing someone could wear that would make you walk out on that date with them? Ooh. Oh, definitely a Trump hat for sure. <laughs> like, absolutely not. I love Goodbye. it. I, love I feel it. like there's other things, like maybe, maybe also Crocs, but like the Trump hat <laughs> number one for sure. Um, do you have any final thoughts you want to give our listeners? Um, I'm just really happy to have been able to have this conversation. I'm so happy that we were able to see each other's faces again after so long. (laughs) Um, And I just hope people are able to take some time today to connect with themselves and to tell themselves that they are worthy of love, that they deserve love and respect, and that they're fucking awesome. That's awesome. Um, do you want to tell everyone where we can find you, your OnlyFans, your Instagram, all that jazz, PayPal? All right. Okay. So I am on Instagram. It's at the.nikki.nindors. 
Um, I don't link to anything else on Instagram except for in my bio, I've got links to like my photography stuff, but I don't link to any of the OnlyFans stuff because Instagram, as we all know, is a nightmare. I'm also on Twitter. My Twitter is definitely spicier. Um, and that's at Nikki underscore nine doors. Um, and that's, that's all the places you can find me. Awesome. Well, I'm glad I got to have you here. Um, once again, the burlesque performer, stripper, producer, singer extraordinaire, and everything in between. Miss Nikki Nindor, so glad to have you. Um, just so everyone knows, this is a, a listener-funded podcast. So if you like what you're enjoying, please go on to the website, yesastripperpodcast.com, and find those donation buttons and give us your money. <laughs> it goes yeah. a long way in funding <laughs> Make <the> it rain. <laughs> and all the guests that come here and yeah, just bringing the show back to life into a better, into a better orbit. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. We're into the future now. To the Great. future, yeah. whatever's coming next for us. It's there. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you and I'm going to let you go because we've taken up so much of your time. Um, and I'll see I you guys. I do really have again. to pee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, then on that note, right. we'll see you guys okay. later. <laughs> All right. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. This episode has been a production with Period Podcast Network. Find out more on Instagram at Period Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram too at Yes, a Stripper Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at Yes, a Stripper Pod. Please like, subscribe, and rate Yes, a Stripper Podcast here on YouTube. See you next week. <laughs>